You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Justin Davis. Hello. And Sam Claiborne. Good afternoon or morning or wherever you are, what time it is. I like your Good shirt, everything. Sam. Sam, yeah. I like your shirt. Representing. <laughs> We've oh. got a great show. A, yeah. a record store in Kansas. We just added to our we just added to our Kansas ranks at IGN too. Maybe we'll have uh, Rebecca on soon. That's true. Yeah, we should. Uh, It's a real triple threat on the IGN staff now from Kansas. Uh, (laughs) We've got a great show for this week. We're going to talk about how May uh, has all of a sudden become a huge month for gaming. It's really the sort of the first big month of uh, the year for games. It's just going to be really packed with big releases. We're going to flip through the EGM 1995 video game preview, but first. This week, mm. uh, I'm sure all of you out there uh, got your PlayStation wrap-ups for uh, last year, for 2020. So we're going to share ours right now. I have mine pulled up here. Um, Tina, would you like to go first? How many games, how many PlayStation games did you play in 2020? So apparently in 2020, I played 11 um, mm. on my PlayStation 4, I assume, because I've got, mostly gotten my PS5 action in on 2021. Yeah. And your what top game, just one. Top games. Top games. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. 87 hours apparently banked in Ghost of Tsushima. Wow. Um, I, I was sharing. <laughs> yeah, I was sharing this with the bosses earlier, and they were like, the hell did you spend 87 hours doing? And I I chased around a lot of things and pet a lot of foxes, you know, as it goes. Yeah. Um, Last of Us Part Two, 61 hours spent in that what? game. Uh, I finished that one. Yeah, I, I suppose slow and methodical stealth 
gaming, you know, makes you take your time. I'm very particular. I like, mm-hmm. um, I like clean runs, clean runs, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake for 56 hours. Maybe I'm wow. just a slow wow. gamer. I don't know. <laughs> I have the uh, same then, top three games. Yeah. Well, they order. were the, like, really? they're like the prominent in that uh, order PlayStation exclusives of but the year. Tina spent so, like yeah. a little bit more time with most of them. Yep. But I still so, have high counts up there too. All right. So what are your hours? In Ghost I've, of Tsushima? Yeah, 61 hours for Ghost, 46 for Last of Us Part 2, and 44 for Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I did not beat. I did beat. So apparently you were just 12 more hours to go yeah, in that game. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. My total never... hours are kind of insane. It's in the thousands. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Well, I mean, I so went it on... says... Yeah, go ahead. I, I went on Reddit and I saw people with the same thing. And it, the, the consensus was at least YouTube and Netflix are being counted there. Um, so I'm sure it's just the other weird. apps too. They're just calling yeah. apps and everything game time. Do you? Well, that's, where, that's ridiculous. Where, it says total hours of gameplay. I know. Where do you yeah. all watch your Netflix? Do you watch it through your PS4 or console? I used um, to, but not anymore. I just do it through my TV now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I used to on my PS4, which would maybe account for some of these numbers of gameplay. Um, but now I switch back and forth depending on what game, what console I'm playing. So either mm. PS5 oh. or Xbox Series X. Oh, how cool. many how many devices play Netflix in your house? <laughs> More so than much. 10? A lot now. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I mean, I every computer. Phone, yeah. Laptop. Yeah. Goodness. Many, I probably have five phones in my house that to play it technically because they're just all my old iPhones. Let's get them all the going phone. at once. Yeah, and also all the old consoles technically, but yeah, not the Switch consoles. anymore, right? Right. Netflix app got removed from, from Switch, so that's, that's one crazy. off the list. My yeah. total gameplay hours for 2020 were only 166, and, uh, and that that's makes like sense your, because... <laughs> that's like your top three just added together. Yeah, exactly. Because I only played PlayStation exclusives on my PlayStation because I'm an Xbox and Switch player. I don't turn on my PlayStation that often unless it's an exclusive. And there were really good exclusives this year, but you know, those are the ones I played. I definitely don't stream anything on my PlayStation. For some reason, that seems insane to me. And I don't, I'll have to just come to terms with that. Well, my hours are 1,523. <laughs> I do watch a lot of real stuff. Deal. So if it is Netflix, yeah. <laughs> And you do, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, That's I did. So last year, I, I spent mostly on PS4 watching. Now it's more split. So my wrap-up for this year will be far more accurate. Thank you, Sony. <laughs> uh, my top three, my number one is also Ghost of Tsushima, 62 yeah. hours. Then Final Fantasy VII Remake, 40 hours. And then Spelunky 2 with 33 hours. Oh, you put a lot into that. I didn't realize yeah, you ended up playing that much. Uh, not nearly as much as uh, former IGN ed- news editor Andrew Goldfarb, who just shared on Twitter. It was something like 256 <laughs> hours in Splunky 2. Splunky 2. Mm-hmm. Wow. Crazy. I mean, total- my Animal Crossing hours are, I, I can look at those. I chose not to, but it's going to be hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. I like my, my total uh, hours of gameplay was 513. And then I like how it says my hours played locally was 512. My, my hours split yeah. online. My hours split like online was hour one. <laughs> Just checking oh, out Fall Guys, yeah. I think. What? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mine was um, what was it? It was Resident Evil uh, Resistance for one hour. 
Everything and do you remember what happened when I was joining you to play that? Yeah, it crashed your PS4. I remember that. It, it, yeah, it bricked it. So then I, yeah. I didn't have a PS4 after that. Man, I don't know and how you can the, put so many hours into Last of Us Part Two. Don't. It's not that long a game. What are you talking? Everybody talked about how long of a game that was. Yeah, but not it's, sixty hours. Yeah, it's the story. It like felt longer than it needed to be, but it's not like yeah, it, a it long felt like forty six hours to me, and that's how much I played. Also, I mean, if this if this data is so skewed and inaccurate to begin with, because remember, Cyberpunk counts menu time, like the yeah. certain menu time. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if some of this is just pause screen time that it's counting yeah. for too. Yeah, Maybe. especially if you're talking about streaming apps, right? Because then it's just like, exactly. what did you leave on? Because that doesn't know that you're not playing. There's no button controls going during it, it streaming. Apparently, so. does not know if it's a game or or a streaming yeah. platform. So. so pause screens are a likely thing too. Although I will say too, like I spent a lot of time in Last of Us Part Two sneaking and restarting. Which is what I yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, if and you think about it, it can't be helped. They're probably just you know they see the the network knows when you log in and then it knows what you're playing. But it's not going to go yeah. much more granular than that, right? Like, the network's yeah. not like, oh, he paused his game. I better stop counting this time. <laughs> well, like, Final Fantasy VII records your remix, records your actual in-game time. And I think yeah. that one yeah. recognizes yeah. the difference between... Because it's got its own in-game system to record sure. time, which I yeah. love when games do that, because I like to look mm-hmm. at this sort of data. But mm-hmm. now we're just looking at, like, you know, not entirely accurate data, so not yeah. super Just fun. Justin, what's your top three? Uh, I had to close it because it was making my computer really slow. I just looked at it just before we recorded the show. My number one was Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it was only 16 hours. Mm. That was my number one game. I guess I didn't turn my PS4 on very much next year, um, or last year. But my number one game of the year, like Sam, I know for sure would have been Animal Crossing. With I'm I'm, I'm probably over 100 hours now. Um, And I had the PS5 stats as well, and I put 10 hours into Miles Morales. And... um, Mm. I didn't 100% it, but I almost did. So, yeah, that game is not super long. Although, it didn't feel short, actually. It felt like a satisfying it's, length to me. It felt like the perfect length for what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, and then Ghost of Tsushima was even a few less than that. It was like eight or nine hours because I bounced off it pretty fast. I, I feel like I feel like people liked that game when it came out, but now they like it even more, like in hindsight. Like, I feel like people are talking about Ghost more and how it stood the test of time, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. Especially after the game of the year stuff. When that came and went and won a bunch of awards, I think more people played it, more people reflected on it. And Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't have Cyberpunk to go up against anymore. That's a good point. I, I didn't find the game bad at all, but I also thought it felt like a very sort of standard, normal open world game. It didn't feel exceptional to me. Uh, I played for 270 days in 2020. Wow. No, I mean, those are the days I played on. I played oh, on. Oh, okay. You're not yeah. counting up your hours. No, no, no. I played on 270 days. Mm-hmm. And, and you said you don't stream at all? You only stream on your television? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems strange because my days played says 70. So that's not counting streaming because I pretty much stream every day. Right. Wait. So why it's screens. Maybe it is counting. Maybe it is counting. It it just says days played in 2020. So do you how would you yeah. interpret that? I think Did it's how many times you checked in on turned on your PlayStation. That's yeah, what I would think. Exactly. Yeah. If you did 270 days, that means you played like some PS4 almost every single day. Well, like 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 six days a week. Yeah. I definitely wow. turned mine on like six days a week, but I didn't necessarily play games six days a week. 
But that's like, like that's like I play video games, you know, almost every day, probably five days a week. But like not one, like not one one console. Like I'm bouncing around between different different consoles. All right, so we're gonna have to run an experiment throughout the rest of the year. Damon, you just keep your PlayStation on pause all the time. Okay. You, know, you just stream <laughs> all the time. We'll see who has the okay. 365 days at the end of the year. Sounds perfect. <laughs> and then uh, I, I Thursday evenings are my most uh, used wow. gaming time. Yeah. Can you predict any reasoning why that would be? Thursday is basically right. Friday. Kickstart. <laughs> it's because he's celebrating <laughs> game scoops over. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Thursdays yeah, basically right after Friday. You know what's even more basically Friday? Friday. <laughs> basically Friday. <laughs> yeah, but so, but but Thursday evening, Justin. I know that when I wake up the next day, the nanny's going to be here. Okay. And, but and Friday, I don't have that same uh, consolation. Yeah. See, there it is. Because mine is um, afternoons on Saturday, which makes perfect sense. Because you know, Friday you're ending the day a little worn out of from work, maybe. Saturday yeah. morning, you're waking up doing some things, he's doing some things, cooking for your, cooking some breakfast, whatever, getting to some errands. And then Sunday is like errand and getting back to work mode day. So Saturday, that's the sweet spot. That's good. Okay. My Saturday mornings, afternoons, and Sunday mornings, afternoons were like, those are the times I played the most. And my, mine was on Sunday, but I would say I'd spend basically an equal amount of time on Saturday going at least into early afternoon huh. playing because I like waking up first thing on the weekend and playing games all morning by myself. That's just what I like. Hilariously, mine is every other day. So it's like Sundays and Saturdays are pretty mm-hmm. big. Mondays are lower then Tuesday goes up. Wednesday is lower than Thursday goes up. Then Friday goes lower. So apparently that's my yeah, cadence is every other day. I'm playing games more. more. I had enough yesterday. I'm ready again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, okay, those are our PlayStation wraps for last year. Um, let's talk oh, about. By the way, I looked into if you can do this with Xbox, and you can't. Sorry to interrupt. Well, yeah, that's kind of that's that's a missed opportunity for Xbox. You can look at your whole last decade of Xbox. What? There was a plug-in yeah. that Xbox worked with a partner on, and Whoa. then it shows your stats for the decade. Oh, I want to see that. I want to see the but, eight thousand games of Halo Three I played. Yeah, it's it, yeah. My actually, my top franchise for that when I looked it up was Halo. Um, I guess that's not really a surprise. And I like how they bunched them up by franchise for that. But when you look at that, it is kind of the same as looking back on just like your entire Xbox history because you know I, not a lot of us played a lot of Xbox before two thousand ten, but a little bit two thousand eight I think was when it came out, right? What Xbox three sixty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam, no, it was early. Sam, 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 20, Sam. 2006, right? Five. Five? Oh, man. Yeah. Everything's crunching together. It Is that when you started? Is that how you. No, I started in 06. Yeah. yeah, just half a decade. Yeah. 06, all right. Uh, okay, we got a PlayStation 5 patch uh, for uh, God of War this week. Did anyone else check it out? Yeah, I just played it. Yeah, I played it last night. It's the it same was, game. It, it looks really smooth, well, though. It, it looks amazing, I think. It was not an yeah. easy process for me, getting, it, getting the new version up and running. How so? Why is that? So, so I, first I like went to God of War in the PlayStation Plus collection uh, to launch it, and then it wanted me to insert my disc, because I guess I played no. the physical version. Oh. I, don't know why I, I don't know why I would want the disc, since it's now part of PS Plus collection. Insert the disc, launch the game, and I get an error message that says the app or game cannot be played, and my only option was to press OK. 
So that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> Acknowledge this. <laughs> yeah. Wow, then, we've been in some crazy game loops after my Call of Duty experience last week. Uh, this footage that we're seeing uh, right here is uh, is I played through that again last night, and that fight scene is amazing. It's better it's than so cool. it's better than most action movie and superhero movie fight scenes. Um, in terms of like an opening statement, by the way, yeah. like goodness gracious, that game. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I just uh, turning my PlayStation Five off and on again allowed me to get into the game. But then it was like nice. uh, it was an older version of the game that, that hadn't been updated in a while. Uh, but like it wouldn't, lo- you know, remember that bug about uh, their downloads not starting? Uh, I think it was with Call of Duty right around the PS Five launched. It seemed like that was happening. The downloads the updates wouldn't start wouldn't begin to download but i was able to start the game but i during the deer hunting section in the very beginning an er- another error message popped up that said download in progress and i just hit like an invisible wall it wouldn't let me go forward but then it, the meter wasn't moving it didn't seem like any download was happening anyway i had to can- back out of the game i had i deleted it reinstalled it which took nine hours oh and then nine I was actually, hours yeah, yeah and then i was finally able to play it last night Oh, well, last night I had a great time. So it was didn't worth it, it. Didn't it just come out last night? Yesterday? Two days ago. Oh, that's I right. went through all that the, two days ago and then Thursday. actually got to play it last night. I Since I didn't have it on my PS5, I just went to my store account and re-downloaded it. And when I started up the game, it had that new thing that was like, do you want to play in enhanced graphics mode? And I was like, yes. Yeah. I yeah. started it up. Did you start yeah. New Game Plus? No, because it doesn't have my saves. Wait, where are my saves? Where are they? In like the cloud? I, I guess they're on my PS4. Like they should be. They should be in a cloud. I don't know. It I think I, like turned... I can only start a new game. There was a there was a game that I was playing for embargo, and I think I turned off all my PS4s. Like, don't put anything in the cloud. Don't show my online status. Don't do anything. Like, I was so worried, mm-hmm. and I locked down my console. And mm-hmm. I think I never turned any of that off. I, I think I think none <laughs> well, of my well, mine's like, ripped. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just not <laughs> I mean, realizing. Real time that I probably need to turn some of that on, lest those saves be lost forever. Because I don't think I've been syncing anything to the cloud for a couple of years now. I always sync. I don't know what the heck was going on, and yeah. and uh, when, but I did play through the whole intro again, and, and like it, it looks like a PS5 game as far as the PS5 games I've played look. So that's oh, nice. God. God of War is so good. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. And I like I I um. I binged through it, which I never do with games anymore. I don't have time, but like that's the la- that's the last game. Like I love Animal Crossing, but God of War is the last game that I really like tunneled into and got obsessed with and just absolutely, you know, loved from beginning to end. And I binged it so fast that like I'm kind of ready to go through it at a little bit more leisurely pace and play through it again. Yeah. So it's been three years since I played it back in twenty eighteen. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play through the whole thing again. I think, and I'm doing the new game plus, so it's cool to start with all of your weapons upgraded and armor and everything. Mm-hmm. Man, how much bullshit did we just talk about that the next gen is introduced with these upgrades and stuff? We just outlined like ten or fifteen problems just right in a row, from download speed to save recovery, like yeah. all there that we're just all experiencing now in this new world. Updates, downloads, yeah. it's, it's just crazy. I yeah. mean, the the PlayStation in particular has a problem with um, people not knowing. Like, there's people playing the PS4 versions of, like, Call of Duty yeah. without realizing that they're not playing the PS5 version. They don't even know it. And yeah. it does scale still. Like, the PS4 version will scale up on your PS5, but there is an existent PS4 version, and they shouldn't let you put it on your damn PS4, PS5. It doesn't make any sense. 
doesn't make any sense. Series X has like a very convoluted way of checking what version you're looking at. You have to like look at some very small fine print looking text. Just really? To identify yeah. it. Yeah, it, it's actually something that Dustin captured for one of our early like next gen mm. launch coverage. Uh, huh, little funny. tips, pro tips, yeah. But the whole, you know, taking forever to download and taking up your entire storage space thing has been a thing since last gen too. Mm-hmm. Tina, the I, year. I did... I was just going to say the year that God of War came out with 2018 is the same year as Red Dead Redemption 2. And in those two camps, I know you were more Red Dead 2. Do you think you'll play uh, God of War again uh, with the PS5 version? I don't know. It's tough. Like, I didn't realize it's been three years since that game came out. It feels like a last year game in a lot of ways. I've just lost sense of, uh, of my I've lost track of my sense of time, essentially. Um, but no, I'm honestly like the amount of games that we have to churn through. And Justin, as you were saying, like, you don't usually binge games anymore. I realized I can only binge games now. Like I was binging Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I haven't finished it because I had to interrupt it to play Cyberpunk. And then it just went from that to the next game to the next game. And I keep trying to come back to Assassin's Creed. Um, mm. But yeah, I think, you know, maybe uh, maybe in the future when the timing is right, but I'm def- I definitely have my eye on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So I think that's one of the Hell exceptions. Yeah. We're all mm. revisit a game, especially because my experience with that series was all over the place. I like messed up some of my relationships in one. So I replayed it. And then I tried to port the new save over to two and then it corrupted it. And so I replayed it again and then something else happened and I got that wrong. So I just want a fresh slate and try it all again with a better makeup. Uh, Go ahead. The, the, um, uh, the God of War is getting a sequel this year. So I feel like I really shouldn't be wow. playing the first one again. Is it though? We'll What's see. We say? It is yeah. a second pandemic year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, God of War came at a really good time. I, I think I felt like I got my fill of Hitman Three finally. Um, so I was looking for something to play. It's God of War. Nice. Mm. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. 
And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. But speaking of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, we know that's going to be out May 14th. Um, you guys, Apparently you guys are excited about that oh, one. Yeah. I know. That's another one that I haven't I haven't played any of those three games since you know when they fir- were first released. Oh damn it! I was about to jump down your throat. <laughs> oh no! no yeah. I, played, I thought I played, you were going a different direction. <laughs> yeah, no, just like God of War, I haven't played them since they first came out. Uh, but I finished all three. I remember I I super loved Mass Effect Two. Mm-hmm. Probably could yep, take or leave Mass one. Effect. Three. Probably could take or leave Mass Effect Three. But it would yeah, be interesting like to read. Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. What? Wait, you like what? You like what? the second one the most? No, the third being the <laughs> the one that you kind of ignore its existence. Like the third uh, one doesn't exist. Yeah, there's only yeah. one and two. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, <laughs> no, there's only you one. Almost, yeah, you could almost say there's only one. That's fair. I would say there's only none of them. I've, I just watched one recently. I couldn't believe how bad it was. Dude, Sam, come on, man. It's it's Great. a perfect movie. I it's tried. Movie. I tried, but you go back and watch that. It is so corny. Yeah, I watched it recently. So did I. Oof, I can't it take pulls it. You and and I was the- drinking too. I should have loved it. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> no, maybe that was from the, from the opening <laughs> shot. It just pulls you directly through. There's not. There's not one moment in that movie that's like yeah. wasted. There's no there's ounce no of fat. fat. Yeah, it's great. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Sounds like we're all going to play that one. Yeah, I'm pumped. I never played Mass Effect 3, so I made it. I loved 1, yeah. and I loved 2, and I got all the way to the end of the 2 and got so stressed out about like the big decisions you have to make in the finale of 2 that it like overwhelmed me, and I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I'm like, no, I can't. Oh, that I ending can't rules. It. That ending's yeah. so cool. And so then I ended up... Um, the choices, like, I'm, I'm, I mean. I'm spoiled on three just because, you know, like I watched some of it on Twitch and YouTube and like over the years, like I didn't care enough to not be spoiled on it. So it's like I have the whole story in my head, but I never actually sat down and played three for myself. And so um, between the, the the changes that they're making to the clunkiness of one and the fact that I never got around to three, like I'm so pumped for Legendary Edition, um, just like the best RPG series. And I'm so glad to hear that, um, you know, Andromeda was so shaky and now things with Bioware weird that like, um, and they've announced a new Mass Effect project that, like, that they, that they figured it out and sort of righted the ship on on Mass Effect. <laughs> righted the ship, eh? Hey. <laughs> there's a. Uh, it is strange that there's no like amazing PS5, Xbox Series X port of this, um, but it's supposed to look really good on those new systems, or at least you know look like it's it's upscaled to whatever your TV is going to be doing. So that's nice. I think that's a strange missed opportunity, as with it not being on Switch, because I would love those to be uh, portable games forever. Still excited. I've I've told this story on Gamescoop before, but we always get new people coming in. Um, my first E3 working for IGN, I saw behind closed doors demos of uh, Mass Effect and Bioshock, and like seeing both those games at that time, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, th- like they feel so next gen. They feel mm-hmm. uh, like such a step f- forward in animation and systems and realistic looking water dripping down the walls and all of that stuff. So that yeah. definitely made 
a big impression to me. But I haven't played the first one since whenever it was released, 2007, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so, And I always thought it, it probably feel, the original must feel kind of clunky these days. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'll be interested to see how it like feels and plays in 2021. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, seeing all the, the, the solar light flares and, and blooms and the next gen. Yeah. Those are always very funny. There's a uh, Mass Effect one has like that really large part of the game, which is just driving around the Mako on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. With like kind of like weird physics and kind of it'll it's like you'll discover something that tells you a story in like three seconds. And I loved that. I don't know <laughs> if I'll have the patience for it now, but I loved it. And then I think the second one was the one with the mining which is just yes. like you go to a planet, yes. you get a couple buttons and yes. you mine. And like, again, I loved it. And it's just yeah. such a bad system, but I loved it. <laughs> and so I don't know if returning to those things will be great. Maybe it'll be ways to kind of tweak those and make those uh, streamlined. Cause they mentioned doing some changes to these games, but all I read was the stuff about like making a boss fight less annoying. And, uh, and there's one other big thing that they removed. Oh, yeah. one piece of DLC is not in it or something like that. Well, the whole of the the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, which is really, really beloved. That's not in it. Dropped it, not in it, which that doesn't bother me personally. Like, refocus it around the single player feels fine. But, like, I do get that, like, it was really ahead of its time and people are bummed it's gone. Yep. They they made a bunch of tweaks. Like, obviously, they're changing how the the Mako runs, which there are, like, some diehard fans are like, no, 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 preservation. Like, keep it to the experience as it was. Um, and then smaller things like, uh, you can pick up, like, you don't have to have a specific class to pick up a specific yep. weapon. You can kind of swap things around a little bit more. Easily, uh, that's cool. So. Yeah. That's it feels like a kind of expanding your range, um, in, in the way a new game plus might, where you just have more, hmm. uh, you you have more maneuverability around some of those things. So well, they, I mean, one. the, the franchise mm-hmm. became more action oriented and shootery as it went where like mm-hmm. mass effect one is like, it's much more of an RPG where like you're missing shots, not because you missed the shot, but because a stat table, you know, a dice roll behind the scenes tells you, you missed this, missed the shot. And so I think that they're bringing one more in line with two and three, which I personally think is the right decision, but I can like, there's probably going to be diehards that are mad about that. Um, Doesn't bother. There's tons of DLC. That's just story, like, like thick story stuff that, at the time, I think it, it came out afterwards. And so I really was hoping I could experience that as part of it. Cause you might've like, you know, been in the end game by that point or something, but like shadow broker and all that stuff. It'll be cool to see how they like, well, I would like to play that again, like chronologically, like in the right time. And so it's more like an expanded game than it is like these packs you get afterwards. I, I, I hope that's how it's set up. Yeah, completely agreed. And, and I actually think that this is a game that I'm probably just going to FAQ and walk through my entire way through. It's like, mm-hmm. I played, it's like, it's going to be the perfect combination of like, I played it, but that was a decade ago. So it's like, I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like I'm missing anything or losing anything by just yeah. being like, tell me the optimal way to go through this. And like, I'm yeah. just going to kind of cruise through it in more of like a relaxed way compared to when I play something for the very first time, I don't want to be ruining it for myself. So. That's really Especially good if point. you want to like preserve a relationship, get the appropriate mm-hmm. ending, yeah. so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Like, yeah, I, I won't feel guilty, and I'll do that exact same thing. When it's I like had a similar save issue where I, I ended up with male Shepherd, which I hadn't played with for like the first one and a half parts of the game, and then, like I had to redo it, and so like all the decisions and romances out the window. And that's because I wrote the guide for two, I contributed to the guide for one and I wrote the guide for three. And so I had to do these like restarts and stuff, but I was doing it on my own account. So I just don't have a clean, my way of playing through that game. I just never had one. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the game was so ahead of its time in regards to uh, player choice and its romances and even the Paragon and Renegade system. But, you know, game design has evolved since then. And some of the decision trees in Mass Effect feel pretty labyrinthine and you don't always know what choice you're making. And um, and uh, I don't know how great that stuff is in the context of 2021. So I think it's completely fine if you want to ensure that uh, you're dating who you want and stuff just to look that stuff up. Like, Yeah, I've mentioned this on a Scoop episode before, but there's an art to doing the summarization of what your dialogue choice actually ends up being. And yep. I oh, definitely yeah. remember that happening in Mass Effect where I assumed one sentence was going to be pretty yeah. chill and neutral and it ended up being like really aggressive. They obviously have like the color coding system too, the classic Bioware mm-hmm. uh, differentiation, but just some of them that were like not an official bad versus good attitude choice. Um, it, it did not strike what I thought it might. So yep, that's the first the game way. that like really, really drove me crazy when there was a grayed out dialogue option and it was the one I wanted. And like, I, I really started laser focusing on dialogue choices as ways to solve puzzles. I love that in every game, but man, in that game, like, because they would be early in the game, I'd be like, how could you have that high of a Paragon rating by like really this early and and get this choice? And then it would be like, I'd be like dead set on, on well, writing the guide about that, but then also just getting that for myself. I love that stuff. If anybody listening has not played Mass Effect before, you're welcome to play how you want. I highly recommend you play as Fem Shep because Male Shepard's just kind of a doof. He's not. Yeah, he's not great. It's hard to look um, at him the whole time. And I just think I, you know, it's it's a night and day difference. And I, I'm not trying to be insulting to the performance, but like I think the female Shepard is just much much better acted, and um, uh, it's 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 really night a night and day difference in my opinion. I definitely play Fem Shep. Uh, it occurs to me, as um, uh, as Justin was saying, that the series got a little bit more action-oriented as it went along. That trilogy really straddles old and new Bioware, old and modern Bioware. Because like the first one is like touching Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And then that trilogy happens, and it sort, sort of leans more into action. And then we get Anthem and well, Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Knights of the Old Republic because Mass Effect now has carved out such its its own unique identity, right? Like it's very much its own thing. But Mass Effect One was clearly like a reskinned Knights of the Old Republic three. <laughs> where like your biotic powers are force powers. That's what they are. <laughs> like you know, and the little laser beams turned into whatever the Mass Effect version of that weapon is, and all the alien races that are all humanoids. Like it's. It was clearly their attempt to make their own Star Wars, and um, and, you know, and I think they'd succeeded at least for a period in time. But yeah, it got got a little shaky. So when was Bioware acquired by EA? Because the first um, Mass Effect was an Xbox 360 exclusive published by Mm -hmm. Microsoft, at least at first. I don't remember when they were acquired by EA, though. I think two was not an exclusive, so it would have been then, right? Okay. I mean, so just uh, I mean, it was around then. It was around. Mass Effect. So, Borba says 2008, so I think that'd be the year after the first yeah. one was out. Yeah, because two had a recap for PlayStation players. You could like watch yeah. this the cinematic recap when you started playing on PlayStation. And it was 3. a little comic book where you could make choices. I think mm-hmm. it's just it's it's funny how clearly you can see that <laughs> that that that's when it changed from old Bioware and started leaning towards new mm-hmm. modern day Bioware. One thing I like about Mass Effect. Good. I was just going to say real quick, the news story from 2007 reporting on, I assume, when the acquisition actually went into effect in 2008, 
says EA, uh, to refresh everybody's memory, pays $860 million for Bioware. Whew. $860 million? And, and Pandemic Studios. I suppose it was a multi-deal at, at that point of time. Huh. What did Pandemic end up making? Um, they were making... Yeah, um, I remember EA Pandemic. They were making that open world game, right? Uh, shoot. It's gone. Can't think of it. Um... I'm reading from the CNET article here where they say that Pandemic Studios is also responsible for a handful of Star Wars games in addition to Mercenaries and Destroy All Humans. Mercenaries is what I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. And Destroy All Humans. Um, uh, I was going to mention, for people who just have never played Mass Effect and are so bored with this conversation by this point, I'm sure. But uh, (laughs) one plug for that game that's maybe not about gameplay or graphics or anything is that uh, it's an amalgamation of sci-fi references and it doesn't have a lot of original sci-fi in it. There's kind of a core story and some neat stuff. But as you play that, it's just like one thing after another. It's like, whoa, wouldn't it be fun if we included a little bit of this book in here and a little bit of this? And I love that about it. Like, it's 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 kind of, you know, it's not lazy, but it's a type of gaming thing that happens. Fallout is really guilty of this, too, if we're going to call it guilt, because I also think it's cool. But where they take all of these influences and then they cram them into a game instead of kind of coming up with a bunch of original stuff. But the thing is, if you know the references, there's always a twist on it. So that's clever. And I think that's great. As somebody who's grown up uh, in like a family who we all read sci-fi and, and, and shared sci-fi stuff all the time and still do, like I'm just a, such a diehard sci-fi fan. And that series, I think, is absolutely the best sci-fi game series, period, for all those reasons. There's such smart sci-fi fans making those stories. An unrelated other Snapple fact for Pandemic Studios, uh, and I wanted to refresh my memory to confirm, but they also made The Saboteur, which was that one 20 questions yep. that I did right. that That's one right. time yeah. two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> their, sad, sadly their last game. Yep. Yeah. Their swan song. Um, all right. We're talking about games from all over the place this episode. Let's, <laughs> let's dial it back to 1995. I've got e- EGM's 1995 video game preview here. I'm going to share. You my know, screen. Damon, that was 10 years before the Xbox 360 came out. <laughs> That's exactly right, Sam. It's a very ugly cover. <laughs> oh <laughs> That's, my That's the Las Vegas Convention Center. So they were at the winter CES. Yeah, that predates E3. Well, th- this would be the oh, first E3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this would be a few months before the first E3. Have any of you been to this convention center? Yes. Well, is it the same one, Justin, where CES is Uh, now? Well, CES sprawls across all of of Las Vegas. But yeah, a good chunk of it's still in the Las Vegas convention center. I've never been there. I guess I have been there. Um, so it's it's interesting. They give a little wrap up uh, from each of the like the first parties, and then they they describe they're walking from booth to booth, checking out all the games there, and then like they're, next we went to Activision, and from there we went to Capcom. That's weird. Huh. So uh, Winter CES 1995, Nintendo goes 32 bit. No, it's not what you expect. Nintendo's big focus at this show was on its 32 bit Virtual Boy. This item mm-hmm. was first showcased in the January 95 issue of EGM. For those of you who missed it, here's a brief synopsis. This machine is a true 3D portable gaming system that will be released in America in April at about $200. Now, please take the word portable lightly because the unit itself isn't very light. Nintendo had a small room set up so everyone could wander through to look at the games on large screen monitors. As usual, beautiful hostesses passed out (laughs) these special goggles and clued you in as to what you would see beyond the doors. 
After trying the unit and the two games that were playable, Tellero Boxer and Virtual Pinball, we discovered that the 3D effect is cool, but the constant red color will drive your eyes nuts after a short time. Nintendo is also showing some nifty software as a chip. It. Soft Star Fox 2 attracted a lot of attention. Oh, rip. <laughs> you can find a four page fact file in this issue of EGM. Also shown were Kirby's Avalanche, which is Tetris with jelly beans, Puyo Puyo, and the cool Donkey Kong Land for the Game Boy, which even has the cool SGI rendered look. Hmm. So that's, that's their Nintendo brief. Yeah. yeah. Of course, Star Fox 2 would not be released until many years later. Yeah. Reviewed by Sam Claiborne. Reviewed yep. by Sam and Claiborne. Re, uh, the, uh, uh, a fantastic miss for Fox was my uh, subhead for that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, Virtual Boy was also the key thing at E3 that year. There's photos of it, and it's pretty amusing. I, I love yeah. the idea of screens for Virtual Boy, by the way, so you can walk in and just see people playing, because like, those are hard to kind of get your Virtual Boy to do. People do that now. They modify them that way. How do you see the 3D effect, though? I guess with you don't. The you 3D... just, they just composite it. Uh, and, and it's just like, you know, you, so you can just see what somebody is seeing in, in, in 1D. But it's cool to do that. Sam, how are Tellero Boxer and Virtual Pinball? Uh, Tellero Boxer is, is, is what you'd expect. It's kind of a boring robot boxing game. I think your robot's in it. Uh, and then you're, and then the uh, pinball game's pretty fun. I think you played that pinball game at my house many years ago. That was, that was one of the games I played. Galactic Pinball, yeah. It's just like, it's kind of cool because like when you're, it, it's really bad pinball physics and it's just a mess. But like it does have like a starscape that seems like it's like behind like an invisible play field. It's pretty cool looking. Hmm. All right, Sega I can goes- play it for hours. <laughs> it doesn't drive your eyes nuts. <laughs> Sega goes all out 32X. Just by walking around the Sega booth, you'd think that Sega had nothing to show. Except for an early version of Chaotix for the 32X, they snuck out into the main area. It really looked bleak for Sega until you scored one of these special passes from the Sega representatives and got to go inside their cool. secret area. <laughs> there you got to see what Sega has been withholding for months, the Saturn. With Virtua Fighter fired up, there was a small crowd giving it the rundown. Also on hand were two Virtua Fighter 2 arcade machines. This arcade ver- version makes the original Virtua Fighter for arcades look like an 8-bit title. Of course, the other cool. big news was Chaotix, the latest action game for the 32X. This one stars Knuckles the Echidna and a whole new cast of zany animals, but there's a certain blue hedgehog who's missing. Seems that Sonic's days may be over sooner than we think. Or are they? Sega also announced at an offsite conference the confirmed arrival of the Neptune system, which is basically a 32X and Genesis combined into one unit. Yeah. None of that, that came would, out. Yeah, um, that wouldn't be released. The, uh, the, the thing they mentioned there about uh, the um, Saturn coming out, uh, or the Saturn being their next-gen system and everything, that was like, it, it shipped just surprisingly, like just came out of nowhere, shipped in May that year. So this would have been like right before that. Yeah, they surprise they surprise launch it at E three. They're like, oh, and it's on store shelves right now. <laughs> and then it was like, it's one of like it's one of the biggest like debacles and mistakes that's probably ever happened in like the history of video games because all the third parties are like, our games aren't ready. Like there was no software, and then it just gave Sony a chance to make the PlayStation a hundred bucks cheaper, and um, it was a mess and a mistake that Sega kind of never recovered from. Yeah, it's true. Um. Jaguar bears its claws. Isn't it crazy to think that they were talking about Atari and taking Atari seriously in 1995? Uh, I, I wanted a Jaguar. I was like 10 years old. And I, I thought for, I was going to like, just, yeah. I, 
in my head, bits, in, my head the, in my head the jaguar came out in like 1990 alongside the super yeah. nintendo it's crazy but it's a 64-bit system this is exactly its era this is you know it just got yeah. crushed by playstation and nintendo 64 yeah it says atari didn't pull any punches at the show the atari booth was filled with consumers wanting to check out what the 64-bit realm had in store for them atari had plenty of quality software to show off the biggest surprise was the true unveiling of the jaguar cd-rom actually playing a cd blue lightning Although looking more like a downscaled version of Afterburner, it was unfinished and will hopefully be the start of great CD games for the Jaguar. While wandering around, other titles jumped out at you, most notably Conan the Barbarian. This game featured huge, colorful characters and looked to be a lot of fun. Spoiler alert, that game never came out. (laughs) I wish it would have. (laughs) There's a whole thing on 3DO. They're like... They're taking 3DO seriously. Oh, and th- but this the, the, the Philips CDI is the best one. It says the mm-hmm. Philips CDI was considered the underdog when it came to gaming. That was until the full motion video cartridge arrived to change all of that. Game titles like Dragon's Lair, Chaos Control, and Burn Cycle forever changed the way people thought about the CDI and its typical education-oriented software. None of that's true. I don't no. think... <laughs> no, none of that's true. That's the... Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, they say, oh, by the way, there's this little thing called the PlayStation. Yeah. So it says, a look, yeah, a look to the future. The CES has always been the proving grounds for what's hot and what's not in video gaming. And this show is certainly no different. If you've been to any of the previous shows, take a look around this one. You'll realize for yourself what's going on. The demise of the 16-bit market. Oh, sure, there are plenty of companies who had good quality software to show off, but not anywhere near the quantity that was shown at the previous acquisitions. The realm of 32 and 64-bit are close at hand, although only Atari was broadcasting 64-bit and Sega was broadcasting 32-bit with the 32X. Where was the Ultra 64? Where were Mm. the PlayStation and Saturn? The only place people could try out those systems were at the Japanese import store booths who were more than happy to let you try out Ridge Ridge Racer for the PlayStation and Virtua Fighter for the Saturn. Of course, once these consumers tried out these high firepower games, they always asked... How come I can't play this game at the Sega booth? Or where's Sony? I really want to grab some brochures. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had those brochures. Yeah. The answer is simple. Sega doesn't want anyone to see what the Saturn can do yet, which is smart since it could turn away potential sales of the 32X. Oh, that's so that's probably <laughs> true, and that's really sad. What's everyone talking about now? The E3 show that will take place in Los Angeles. What's there, you ask? Sony will be unveiling the PlayStation and Sega will have the Saturn. Pretty cool. So that's when that stuff was coming. Uh, I, I cherry picked some of the um, individual publisher uh, wrap ups for LGN. They said Acclaim's little subsidiary will be releasing Revolution X. If you recall, Rev X is a shooting game originally released by Midway. It looked cool and will be going to nearly all of the systems. Not a single mention of Aerosmith. Exactly. That's an Aerosmith <laughs> game. <laughs> Unless like when it Maybe came to home- them out. Yeah. When it came to home consoles, did they take out Aerosmith? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> oh this is great i don't know this is, is that, worth, worth investigating is that natsume game called fishing to bassing i'm glad you asked that justin because <laughs> yes it is fishing not today after we after we finished mauling each other with weapon lord at namco we decided to hike on over to natsume which had a new fishing game called fishing to <laughs> called fishing to bassing uh-huh. launch your boat and get to the middle of the lake to see if you can catch a giant fish now, <laughs> what? now, my assumption you've is that us, you've told us nothing about the game. <laughs> they also didn't mention the name at all. I'm, I'm assuming that's the Japanese title for something from yeah. Natsume, and that it would have 
most definitely have been changed if it got a, a, a Western release. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really weirded out and tickled how much time they keep spending on them wandering around from booth <laughs> to booth. And it's like you have this little teeny tiny, you have 80 words you could write about this game and you spend half of it just on how like, well, we moseyed our way over to see this game. It's like, just talk about the game. Um, fishing to bassing is so good. <laughs> so Nintendo had a giant area. They previewed their silicon graphics materials and Virtual Boy. For the Super NES, they had numerous cool games. I was impressed with the other titles like Star Fox 2. Uh, Star Fox 2 especially caught my eye. It seems like the evil Andros has returned to haunt Team Star Fox once again. And dot, 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 the R-Wings can morph. How cool can you get? Yeah, true. it was that, cool. You see that game Comanche there? So many of these yeah. games are trying to do, the, you know, because they can do this. The, hot, the hotness and graphics of the time was two, twofold. One was 3D polygons with no textures. And then the other was photorealism. And so, you know, for Mortal Kombat onwards in this era, they would just like try to just digitally include photos in the backgrounds of everything. It looked like crap and it looks so bad now. Yeah. Sam, uh, how cool can you get? Would have been a good backup um, strap line for your Star Fox 2 review. <laughs> uh, possibly the most remarkable game Nintendo had was Earthbound. I never expected Nintendo to bring it to the States, but there it was. It goes under the name of Mother 2. Players must delve into the world's many secrets. Nintendo also had another game they were working on, FX Fighter. In conjunction oh, yeah. with GTE, this game uses polygons in a virtual fighter style. The version of the show was very early with only two of the fighters. However, what they did have looked pretty good. And I don't think that game ever came out. Let's see. There is a screenshot of it here, though. Yeah. They say, overall, Nintendo had a great showing. Almost every game they had was fun to play, although I wanted to see the Ultra 64. I guess I can wait for a little while. It came out on... This is what I was confused about. It came out on Windows and DOS. Oh, Weird. So, Weird. As an Argonaut published thing. So I think Nintendo passed on it and then it ended up on those systems. Interesting. Uh, on PC. Yeah. Didn't funny? get the old Nintendo seal of approval. I guess not. And Philips published it. Oh, <laughs> so perfect. There's a little have... technology. Oh, so what's that, Justin? Oh, sorry. I was. Uh, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's a technology side panel here on some uh, VR glasses. It says, What the heck is this, you ask? Basically, it's a pair of high-tech glasses that replace your boring old television set. Instead of a screen, the video seems to float in front of you. Sound cool? It is. In addition to watching TV, you can play video and PC games in an intriguing new way. Look how they're just little tiny CRT screens. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know what that they're would not, look like. But it's just really <laughs> funny. They had LCD. I, I, I'm surprised they had full-color ones at the time um, because those were, you know, putting in front of your eyes would be... Feel really bad, but uh, yeah, they had them. I don't know what that would look like to just make it look like your TV's floating in front of you. I don't know if that would look cool or not. Great. Yeah. Um, I had <laughs> no. that. I had that Mutant Chronicles game. Uh, it's bad. I was ten years old, yeah. and it's one of the times where uh, it had the coolest ad I'd like ever seen in a video game magazine at the time, and like I bought it just strictly based off of that. And um, and then the game was bad. And I was sad. Well, I don't know. It sounds like something. Young Damie would have liked because it says Playmates had a dark and dingy action game that was loaded to the brim with mutants, freaks, and an assortment of volatile weapons. One interesting point is the amount of blood that flows whenever an enemy gets hit. I definitely would have found that interesting. With the grim plot and nonstop thrills, Mutant Chronicles looked really good. 
It's like a it's like a hard M contra, basically. Cool. Cool. Tecmo. A while ago, Tecmo created the best game of football on the NES. Now there's a brand new game out that aims to smash the competition. Uh, they're competing with themselves. Techno, Techno Bowl 2 has graphics that will wow you and plays that will astound. Yeah, I don't remember that coming out. Was Super Techno Bowl an, still an NES game? Or was that a yeah. Super Nintendo game? No, That's people love that one. It's an NES yeah. game. I guess I just always assume since Super is in the title that, you know. Yep. What, but, okay, I thought the NES game was just Techno Bowl. Or is, yeah, was, well, there was, that was the first. There's two on the NES. Okay, got it. Um, for uh, for the Atari Jaguar, Sam, here's the pinball game that seems to be hitting all the platforms lately: Pinball Fantasies. This also, also I some... need to. I want to correct that it's called Tecmo Super Bowl. Is what uh, it's called. That's gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You know Pinball Fantasies, Sam? No, I, this game. I think this is the one that people like flip over and they really think it's cool. It looks neat, mm-hmm. but I don't. Remember, I don't know anything about it. It's on Jaguar. Yeah. Yeah. But they say it's. They said it's hitting all the platforms lately. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's one that was like a PC thing that people really like. And they have another write-up on Nintendo's um, like uh, Game Boy offerings. So the Game Boy had a surprisingly good showing. While there weren't necessarily a lot of games, the ones we found were of high quality. Nintendo had Mario's Picross, a brand new puzzle game that looked challenging. They also had Donkey Kong Land. This is a whole new adventure for our favorite gorilla. The graphics are great. Another Nintendo <laughs> yeah. title was Kirby's Dreamland 2. Everyone's favorite ghost returns for more adventures. <laughs> I mean, is that I canon? I don't think so. Well, um, he, he has arms and legs and walks on the ground. What, I've never heard him with, that he's a ghost. Do uh, you, you see what's notably missing from this Game Boy lineup? Is Pokemon. Super yeah. weird. The Five? Big, and yeah, Pokemon came been... out in '96, but like it would have been at this show. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it would have been in development and ready to come out. It's just weird. Yeah, maybe not. Um, yeah, I don't know why they're calling Kirby a ghost. It's what we keep uh, saying, Damon. You were allowed to do whatever you wanted if yeah. you were back then. Magazine back then, <laughs> there were no no rules, no cops. <laughs> Finally, 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 for the Virtual Boy. Nintendo had their Virtual Boy displayed in a special section. It took hours of waiting in line to see it, but we were undaunted in our mission to try it out. We entered a darkened room where they had previews of upcoming games on widescreen TVs. With the use of these special glasses, the 3D effects really popped out. When we continued on to the next room, where we could try out two VB games, Teleroboxer and Space Pinball. Also on preview was a new Mario game, an overhead shooter, and a Star Fox clone called Red Alarm by Tia Nisoft. Hmm. I think that unnamed Mario game is just Wario, but I that lo- appears to be Mario in it. So yeah, it, it looks more like a came out. yeah, it looks more like a Mario World. Yeah, although there's like a Chori like Japanese yeah. gate that he's standing yeah. in front. Of. Super cool looking. And that's it. Those are uh, my selections from EGM's 1995 video game preview. Okay, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hi. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Alex McVean in Woking UK did. And he says, working from home this past year has meant I'm sat, surrounded all day by my consoles. Whilst I've now managed to find a way to resist the urge to play them all day long, I have found myself doing something different. Turning on old consoles and just letting the intro and attract screens or demo modes play on repeat. Games like Daytona USA on Saturn, Ridge Racer on PS1, Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast, 16-bit Sonic games, or anything on the Neo Geo Mini. 
The best ones are those that also have a bombastic announcer shouting out the name of the game when it gets to the title screen. It's something oh, I noticed. God. Newer games have stopped, including, unfortunately. Does the panel have any favorite uh, intro videos to games uh, they have fond memories of? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, attract screens are that's it's a really interesting subject. Well, so it, it comes. They had a very practical pr- practical purpose in arcades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're literally trying attract to attract people. Yeah, they're literally trying to attract you to come play that game. I, I have a, there's there's a funny thing. You know, when you own an arcade machine, you realize that uh, or pinball machines do this too. There's an attract mode pinball machines they're running right now. Those are actual attract modes going on back there, trying to get you to see what the high score is to come play and kind of explain the game and stuff. And they do the light the light flashing and everything. You can actually toggle all that on and off, and you can turn off the sound, which is super important for pinball machines, or else your arcade sounds insane all the time <laughs> and so like all, every arcade game stuff like, eventually had these like little dip switch settings for like turning off the sound in a track mode or turning it off mm-hmm. now what, what's cool is that w- the one we're watching right now is that there's like a little TMNT. bit of a recorded yeah uh, there's a really uh, there's a little bit of rudimentarily recorded gameplay and that was like usually done by the game itself playing itself. Like it's just getting button commands and actually playing out. And it's like little like ROM hack of itself. I love that. Like Pac-Man runs around the maze in this one way every mm-hmm. time. And then it comes back to the play Pac-Man screen. So cool. Yeah. So I guess they worked their way into home console games just because early console gaming included so many arcade ports or they're just like, you know, arcade style action games. I can think of Take one away. reason why there should be uh, good uh, attract modes still, and that's conventions. It's so fun walking around mm. a floor of a convention and seeing what all the things are. And sometimes I like see the like if you're walking around packs or something like that, you see like oh it's just it's like a black screen. It says press start. That's the perfect opportunity to include your little attract mode and put, put something cool on there. Usually you see somebody else playing before you too. I thought that was a good yeah. use of them. Yeah, somebody's either usually at a station or they've got their own like screen projecting out to the audience so that you can also circle around and watch the gameplay right. that way. So yeah, maybe it's a less yeah, less needed these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love a good attract mode. And I think the idea of like, well, I can't actually play these games, but I can just have its ambiance. And really, like, do you really want to dig back out and play like Crazy Taxi or Ridge Racer? Like, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe all you really want to do is just experience it it's sights and sounds for a while. So maybe sure. the attract mode gets the job done. Um, yeah. Modern video games. And I don't know why this is the example that popped into my head, but like they can have the really, really good ones have a good mood setting t- uh, title screen. Like uh, last of us is actually good for this. And like mm-hmm. miles Morales is um, him just on the train holding his phone. Oh, if yeah. I remember correctly. And like, they're just these little tiny details of like, it just sort of helps set the mood and, and, mm-hmm. you know, get you ready to be pulled into the game experience. Yeah. They do seem more like gifts than gameplay these days. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, there's one. Point. Yeah. What was that app a long time ago that people really uh, was kind of going wild on social where you can animate just <laughs> one part of a video um, as part <laughs> of the gift? It kind of feels yeah, like that's the treatment yeah. it's gotten. Little <laughs> cinemagraphs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's exactly. exactly what the app was called. Yep. And that's a little slice of Internet history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's like Sam was saying in the arcade in uh, arcade machines, the attract mode is like a recording of controller inputs. So it's interesting to think uh, how that would work in something like God of War mm-hmm. today. Like, 
you know, the the developers could certainly they could record an actual video of them play yeah. uh, playing a, a, a combat scene that it could like cut to. But I wonder how it would work recording button inputs. I don't I don't know if you could still do that if it still works the same way. It's breaking well, my brain. Just like, the boss battles since they're just QTEs. Oh. <laughs> that's pretty good. Sorry. Um, no, that's re- that was really good. I, it, it is funny to think that now re- pre-recorded just video, of course, yeah. is just as easy or, or probably far easier than figuring yeah. out how to do how they used to do it. Whereas before recording like a screen and then putting it in memory, like the Pac-Man couldn't hold one second of Pac-Man video at that resolution. No, yeah. it would be impossible. <laughs> that brings us to video game 20 questions our suggestion this week comes from okay they're from burlington ontario so it, it could be like marcin it's m-a-r-c-i-n oh i thought you were pausing for big pony style effect big tony no. style <laughs> that's no. a big pony style which i like better <laughs> <laughs> can we marcin- change that how, uh, however you pronounce your name. Sorry if I'm uh, butchering it. But that is who has brought us to Video Game 20 Questions this week. Let the questioning begin. I, d- I don't want this to be one of our 20 questions, but are, okay. you, are you goofing on us again this week? Well, I didn't, I didn't say anything ahead of time. I, was just, I just kicked us off as we normally would. Mm. I have a question. Mm. Yeah. What, did you take French in high school? No, I didn't. I took Spanish. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. um could could this game have appeared in that 1995 egm uh, issue no Mm. a festive question for you uh have we mentioned this game yet (laughs) no okay so it's not fishing no passing it's yeah it's it's not yeah what was it fishing Fishing, no fishing, bass. Two, fishing two bassing. Fishing, fishing two bassing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even understand. It's like fishing two bass. Like bassing, first of all, not a word. But if it were a word, <laughs> it would surely be nested under. It's a type of fishing. I bet it's T-O as in like a, 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 one of the short Japanese words that constructs it. I bet it's toe. But I don't know. Yeah, what yeah you're right. You're right. In, the, in its Japanese pronunciation, it's probably toe, but. It's yeah. much funnier to read it as fishing to bassing. Okay. Did this game um is this game available to play on any current gen consoles? Yes. Hmm. Is this so on Switch? Backward compatibility though. That's yeah. true. In collections. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. botched I botched that one. Is this on Switch? No. Mm. Is is this on PlayStation? <laughs> Just on the brand PlayStation or on PS5? Could you, could you play this game on a PS5? Yes, that's five. Was it an exclusive? Yes. Mm-hmm. So was it designed for PS5? No. Was it? Does it have an upgrade? Days. Wait, 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 wait. Was it designed for PS4? Yes. PS4 exclusive. Has it had an so, upgrade for PS5? No. Exclusive for PS4 that doesn't have an upgrade. Was this game developed by a Sony wait, studio? Wait. Well, I want to hear the series question first. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear it. Okay. it. Is it part of a series? No. 
That's 10. Okay. A one-off. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it developed by a Sony studio? Yes. Could be Fat Princess. That was two generations ago. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, is this a in the first person perspective? No. Hmm. Was this game a was this game a PSN game? No. Like okay. Is so it an not... indie game? Oh no, Sony no. Studio. No. <laughs> Do I count that one? I will, I, will, I won't count it. We're having no. fun here. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so wait, so I, I I need a recap. So it's a PS4 exclusive that uh, didn't. It's not part of a series. It wasn't a PSN game. It's not a Sony Studios game. No, it um, is. Oh, oh. Well, I'm glad we did the recap then. <laughs> uh, so a PS4 exclusive made by Sony Studios, but it doesn't have a PS5 upgrade, so it can't be God of War, which is. Awesome. I understand. You asked if it was a PSN game. Yeah, I meant like downloadable, like because I, I asked about oh. Fat Princess, like you know, but it's not it's, super. It's not Super Stardust or like any of any of those. It got a, it got it was released on a you know, on a disc. Does this have online multiplayer? Mm, no, it doesn't. Um, I'm going to bring back an old question. Uh, is well, I exactly forget how to frame it, but is the environment <laughs> a realistic one? Something like that. Uh, yes, we'll go with yes, okay. even though, you know, so not mind, fantasy or sci-fi is where we're I mean, going. Well, you know, could it, could it be the, the, sometimes, oh, no, we always sometimes said like modern day earth or something like that. Well, but that's, yeah. I like, what, how would you say, what about ghost of Tsushima? Yeah. Is that that's realistic? Fine. I think that's, so. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Sometimes a lot of fiction has unrealistic things happening in a realistic in- environment. So could it be, could it be ghost by the way? Does that have an yeah. upgrade yet? No. Yeah. We're at, we're at 15 by the way. So it but be. it does have online multiplayer. Oh, well, okay. yeah, got, uh, yeah. It's got a co-op. Yeah. Mode. Though that was, though, wasn't that like technically in, in the DLC? That still does counts. That count? Okay. Yeah. Okay. A PS4 exclusive made by Sony Studios. This really shouldn't be. That's that's a one-off. Uh, ha- Heavenly Sword is PS3. Um, also, I mean, yeah, it's anything that they started last generation. Yeah, but it didn't get a sequel or anything. Why not? Because it could be pretty new, I suppose. For some reason, I'm really stuck in PS3 generation. My mind keeps flashing on like Lair. <laughs> And like, uh, what about Last Guardian? It's part of a series, right? I mean, I can't really tell if that is. I would think it eh, is. I would say no. I don't. I actually don't know what I would say. Yeah. Is this? I, I don't know. Yeah. Does this? Um. Do you play as a human in this game? Yes. It's. It could be Last Guardian. I, I guess, Damon. I don't. I don't know if I'd connect. I mean, they are connected. Like the the horned kids and everything are like part of the same universe, but like that's a pretty loose connection. Mm, what else came out? What about Days Gone? Yep, could be Days Gone. I don't know about multiplayer for that. Are they a Sony studio there, or was it just an exclusive? Mm. Was this developed in Japan? Is a question we could ask. 
Sure. It's a Japanese game? No. Okay, so it's not Last Guardian. No. It's going to be uh, something like Days Gone. And there's not many games like that. But I don't know if that is that a Sony studio? Isn't that just like a third party? It's Bend. Oh, oh, just Sony Bend. Okay. Okay, so it could be Days Gone. Could be. Mm -hmm. Did I can't recall what Sony Santa Monica did just before God of War. Mm -hmm. Are your enemies humans? Sometimes. So it could still be Days Gone. Yeah. Yeah. I should have gone with other zombies. Because I I think there's like a bear, a zombie bear, or something in that, right? Is that what it is? Uh, uh, maybe we're the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I mean, there's, there's human de- human and zombies mm-hmm. as, as baddies in that one. I think we got it. I think that's probably what it is. We could ask if it's open world, and then we're screwed if it's not. Um, do you or, often ride a motorcycle in this game? No. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to your guess. Darn oh, it. Boy. I thought we'd zeroed in on uh, on Days Gone. I will say, you, get, you guys, you guys have all the information you need to get this game. Yeah. Well, so I think I think the fact that there are sometimes human enemies and sometimes other enemies should be a good key. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that it's, Sony doesn't make a lot of games outside of Sony Japan. I mean, come on. No, I'm re- I really. The, there's the Resistance games, but those are a series. Uh huh. Um. PlayStation All Stars. I'm trying to think of all the characters in that. You got the Uncharted's. You got yeah, like obviously not Uncharted or Last of Us or Sly or yeah. Um, can't be Infamous because that's a series. What was mm-hmm. a one-off? A first part? I mean, it could could it be just PlayStation All Stars or was that a PS3 game? I'm really, stu- I'm really, I'm really stuck on <laughs> PS3 games for some reason. I mean, I. I we never eliminated Ghost of Tsushima, so no, because it has multiplayer. Um, that's Unless... right. And, well, Damon would have hesitated yeah. if we were deliberating on that. He says we have all the information we need, which means I think we mentioned it. So that's why I think it's that. Mm, I think he feels it should be obvious to us. Okay. What other Sony studios are there? Um, it's also a little bit like you know. I don't know if Insomniac games count actually Cause, because it's yeah. not like first party well they weren't at the they weren't at the time they weren't in the ps4 era yeah what about a bloodborne type stuff is there Could one be. of those games that came out in america that was made by a non-japanese company mm. no the order <laughs> yeah. was that an exclusive Ooh, it could be the order oh, yeah. but is that online no i don't think so I bet it's okay. the order. I bet you just got it. That game was a long time ago. I kind of forgot about that. Are they still making a sequel? I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. We I, can bet either go with, I don't know. I mean, it's, we don't have enough ways to determine it now. It could be that or Ghost of Tsushima. No, it's, it's the order. Okay. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe not, but like, I don't think like Ghost has multiplayer in it. Like I, I, I don't think there are non-human enemies in the order in Ghost at the very least. Would that well, apply to the order? There's the animals. In, there's animals in Ghost. Oh yeah, I, that's a good point. Oh, you yeah, don't I fight guess, animals. Oh, I guess not, you fight they're not dogs. Your enemies, really. Yeah, they're just nice dogs. Oh, okay, well, no, the, the dogs. The dogs are your enemies. No, they're not. <laughs> you let <laughs> them the be. 
<laughs> yeah, there, there's 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 uh there's birds too, hawks, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, is it? Ran into those is it? Is it the order eighteen eighty six? Is that the year? <laughs> the year. The order, yeah. the order colon year. <laughs> it sure is. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> it sure is a rare yeah, swing and a miss for a for a Sony first party game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, not I, too much of a miss though. I think people liked it okay, right? Well, yeah, well, I just gave it a six point five. Oh, really? I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Man, we should have asked if it was received well. Ah. We got it right. <laughs> we don't need to uh, go down this path at all. We got it completely correct. Feel good I'm about still disappointed. Ready? Yeah, where you would have answered yes to all those questions, I don't know where we would have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> there are werewolves in the in that game. Mm. <clears throat> oh, okay. That's the spookiness. Yeah. You know, sometimes the fact that this game wasn't better received makes me like. Sometimes you're just in the mood for like, give me a six hour long. Just solid seven. That's all I really need right yeah, now yeah. in my life. Like, all right. Did I'm, you all just just wrap your heads around the hint that Damon gave us when we asked, no "Are your enemies humans?" And he said, "Sometimes." He Whoa. actually meant they're wolves. <laughs> sometimes. Clever. <laughs> are you? Are your enemies? Are Look you, at his face. <laughs> all right, everybody that's listening to this one needs to watch this one. Yeah. <laughs> Take off your headphones and go to YouTube. Brutal. That was great. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice job. You guys got yeah. there. I appreciate all the games people have been sending us to play too that are variations or or uh, neat little creative spins. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. The last week's mm-hmm. last week's experiment to find the default game was very well received. Mm-hmm. People seem to enjoy that. One. <laughs> fun for and, us too. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. What was I gonna say? Well, I forgot. Oh, yeah. The developer of The Order, Ready at Dawn, is now doing VR games. So I don't think we're getting right. a sequel to that mm. one ever. Yeah, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. It, it's non-committal on whether they're making a sequel or not. Mm-hmm. I, I thought for a while one had been like Greenlit was in the works, but maybe they've walked that back. Yeah. Do you think they would go for 1887? <laughs> they they got to jump it ahead. I, uh, I think they should do 1987. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> what about Out of Order, 1886? Yeah. I want to see a 1980s <laughs> werewolf game. A Teen Wolf game? <laughs> I wonder if there was ever like a, a, gra- a, te- a graphic adventure on computer for Teen Wolf. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. That's, that movie's incredible. That's a great movie. It's so anyway. much better than The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all the scoops we have here this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to Borba working behind the scenes. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Soup and Route.
contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.